In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org, but we don't only bring you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. We have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you the series is about Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive a long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please Please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we are on every major podcast platform across the net from Google to Stitcher to everything. So you can find us all over the net under Leadership Beyond Borders. And send me an email. Tell me what kind of things you want to hear about on this podcast and send it to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or send it to info at cinda.com. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take home something useful for either your business or yourself. And now on to what we're going to talk about today. Today, the customer experience is more important than ever. And the first person in the customer chain or the customer journey is usually a salesperson. And if the salesperson does not have the right training or approach, you could lose a customer before they even become one. And in this episode, we're going to talk to an expert about customer experience, customer journey, and how companies can manage their sales forces to ensure that they win customers and keep them along the journey. Our guest today is George Leith, and he is the chief customer officer at Vendasta. And Vendasta is a Canadian technology company that provides a robust platform to local experts around the world, channel partners. And Vendasta's partners use their platform to sell, build, fulfill, and deliver digital solutions to SMB clients. Their end-to-end platform and marketplace is tightly integrated into an operating system delivered to SMBs, providing a single sign-in on their digital products and analytics. They serve over 60,000 channel partners who, in turn, work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George is on a passion. He's passionate about customer service and has a mission to help companies around the world become digital sales experts. And as the chief customer officer of Vendasta, he also hosts Conquer Local podcast for marketing and sales professionals. And he has a proven track record of success in media promotion, marketing, and sales. He is a leading sales trainer and speaker and has equipped channel partners across the globe and local businesses with the knowledge they need to survive and thrive. So, George, welcome back to the show. You've been with us before. It's so great to have you back. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here, Kimberly. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So let's just um, start with something basic. You know, the customer experience today is a little bit different than it was 24 months ago, okay, Uh, or before even 30 months before the pandemic. Um, And the first person in the chain of the customer journey is, is usually the salesperson. So what have you seen has changed in this in this process, in this customer journey? Well, it's it's been an interesting uh, period of time as we notice that um, the way that customers and I and I don't really care if it's a, a business to business sale or a business to consumer sale. What what we do in our customer journey has changed. Um, although I think we saw 
Um, we saw this transition already starting pre-COVID, but then we have this forcing function where you weren't really able to get face-to-face with with a customer or vice versa. A customer wasn't able to get face-to-face with a salesperson. So I think what we're, what we're seeing um, is this customer journey, the, the research phase of that customer journey where the, the customer is qualifying, they're educating, they're maybe even doing a demonstration all of those items could be happening without ever talking to a sales rep. They can move further down that customer journey before you ever get a chance to to intersect them. So I think having the right material on your website or on your social media profiles, you know, whatever you're using to to build that online brand is is so vitally important. In fact, I've found that if businesses didn't have that uh, for their customers to interact with, you know, the leads have all but dri- dried up because they're going where, where they can find the information they're looking for and then raising their hand to, okay, I'd like to speak to somebody through an online form or, you know, maybe phoning in or, you know, some sort of intent happening. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what, what you're saying is, you know, as maybe pre-pandemic, but definitely in pandemic, all of a sudden these, you know, face-to-face, everything stopped. So it gave the customer they wanted to research more and um, they're doing a lot of research. So, you know, are they pretty informed? Are you seeing that they're very, very informed before they start to talk to that first person in the, in the, in the sales process? I think it ha- it has to do with, you know, the, the digital uh, acumen of, of the prospect of the customer. If they are, if they're digitally savvy, they're very informed because it's very easy to do that research. Um, also, I, I think it has to do with the age of the prospect or the customer. I think if you're looking at a younger buyer under the age of 40, they want to do their own research. They're skeptical of the, of the pitch. Now, also, that's not just the pitch given to them by a salesperson. That's the pitch given to them by material. So you, you as, a, as a sales rep may send out an email or you might send out um, a case study or you might send out an SMS message um, with some information attached to it. That, that customer is going to consume that information and then go validate it on their own. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, a lot of the things in the customer journey where they used to interact, uh, they're able to do that without having that level of interaction. So, you know, we as salespeople, rather than sitting there waiting for that lead to come through, we got to figure out how we're going to intersect with them as they, uh, as they embark on their journey. Mm-hmm. And and so let's stay with that for a minute and talk about the salespeople. Okay, so so if they do all this research and then all of a sudden they you know they start to interact and um, you know we are seeing two channels today. We're seeing in in person is coming back um, at least here in Europe and I think in, in um, the Americas and Canada also. Um, what what cha- has changed with the salespeople? Okay, the, when they actually, you know, are they? What are the skills that you see today, as opposed to some of the skills that you saw in salespeople, you know, two years ago or three years ago? Yeah, I I saw this great post the other day that I completely agreed with that. Um, you know, we should be adjudicating our potential salespeople on how well they can write copy. Uh, because, you know, how, how's it going to work out for you if you can't write a compelling email message to speak to a customer at whatever stage they're at in their customer journey? Um, the, you know, the other piece is um, salespeople having the ability to monitor their prospects without speaking to them. Um, you know, utilizing, you know, LinkedIn Sales Navigator or utilizing LinkedIn at, at, at its very core um, if you're in business to business sales or being able to uh, interact with some level of social selling skills on a Facebook or an Instagram or even a TikTok. Um, and of course, we could mention the Twitter word. So, you know, I think that social selling component is a very important piece. Um, but, you know, there, there is that uh, meme that uh, EQ is more important than IQ. And I think mm-hmm. maybe uh, AQ might be even more important than EQ. And that's the, the ability to adapt. Like what is the adaptability quotient of that sales rep? Because things change so quickly. And uh, you've heard me say before, Kimberly, in fact, I might've said it on this show in past appearances, the sales rep with a bag is dead. Um, mm-hmm. That transactional, do you want to buy a watch? Yes or no. We're moving to a consultative approach. We're moving to solution-based selling. Um, if, you know, if I don't ever want to be selling, if I'm selling one thing, because I'm not going to have a job at some point in time, a robot's going to take my job. I want to have an entire toolkit of solutions 
that map to the problems that the customer has. So, you know, those are just a few of the items that I think we're looking at when when we're looking at potential sales professionals, that mm. ability to adapt, the ability to be coachable. Uh, can they write great copy? Because, you know, you've got to be able to write and, and send information out uh, in the form of blogs or, or uh, in social selling or through email. Um, you know, those are some of the things we're looking at in addition to can they give a great presentation and can they listen and, you know, th- those are some old school tactics nowadays, but, you know, those those top three that we're looking for are that ability to adapt and learn. Um, can can they articulate their information through writing? Um, you know, those are some of the most important pieces. And and I'm going to come back to the articulate through writing and writing copy. Um, do you really see, are there any sales channels left that are really in person? I mean, or is everything being done remotely today well I, I think you have to have it's not sometimes it's well we're going to move 100 percent remote well i'm sorry cfos how's that working out for you um, because i think there's organizations that thought that we can get rid of travel we don't have to have the steak dinners we don't have to put people on planes but then large value deals dried up what we call enterprise multi-million dollar deals or million euro deals, regardless of where you're listening to this. I've talked to sales leaders saying those things dried up. We had to get back to face-to-face sitting in a boardroom. But on, uh, but I don't think you get in the boardroom if you aren't able to write compelling copy to address that customer as they're in the qualify and the education stage of their customer journey. So I, I think that it doesn't matter whether you're great in a boardroom and you're, you're a charismatic presenter, you're going to have to have, have done some hard work and some rigor to even get in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. And I've heard that, too. And I, I can agree with you that you do have to, for when you get there, be in person, which leads me to another question, okay, and, and um that a lot of CEO, CFOs talk about, George, is it okay, you know, we're going to save money, we're not going to have everybody in one office, everybody can work from home. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, you know, people can write copy from home, but is there more energy if you're bringing them back in the office? I mean, I'm not talking about the old call centers, but I'm talking about interaction with other people. Um, does it work to have salespeople just at their desks at home? Yeah, sales is a is a people business, and I I think that the one common denominator that we've saw, and uh, you know, I've got I've got the scars of uh, of remote not working, um, and it really comes down to the individual. I think that it's you know you can do any great salesperson that's self motivated and treats it as it's their own business could do remote, I believe, but what is missing is that collaboration and that uh, culture that you've built. So, you know, if you came from an organization where you built a great in-person culture, you may be struggling with remote. That's what we're seeing. Because, you know, your business was built off the culture that you'd built by being face-to-face. I also have a very famous sales rep in our organization because I've quoted this a number of times. Coming out of COVID, when I pushed really hard to get our sales team back in the building because we built an, an in-person sales team, like we, we were in the room together, they said, yeah, I'm really glad that we're back at work because my couch was very comfortable. And, um, you know, I appreciate them being honest because it is, sales is hard. You make 10 calls, you get nine no's, um, three of the people that you've been working on in your pipeline quit their job or left, so you got to start from scratch. And you get that one customer that gives you a glimmer that they might want to do something with you. And I'm thinking of that moment in Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey goes, you know, the, the woman goes, it's one in a billion. And Jim Carrey goes, you're saying there's a chance. Like that <laughs> is what sales is all about. It's, it's, it's about having that mental toughness because there's no other business in the world where you get told no that many times that anybody would keep moving forward in. And, and a lot of that sales rigor is built from the culture that you've built. Yeah. So, you know, long way of saying, I think remote will work, but I think that remote works because of the individual that's doing the remote work. Now, it also comes down, will your customer buy remote? Uh, there are some customers that want to meet people face to face and they won't buy regardless of that. Well, can you can you fund that transaction? Is it big enough to fund getting somebody face to face? So, you know, it's there. there is no silver bullet. There's no perfect plan. It, it is a hybrid, I think, that we're seeing the most success from, but there are caveats on all of those as to why it might work or why it might not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, that's a perfect uh, time to take a break, George. We're going to take a small break, 
And, and I want to come back um, to what you said. You know, it is about finding the right individual and and finding maybe where the customer pain points are and how you train the individuals and how you find those. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about after the break. And for our listeners, we are talking with George Leith, and he is the chief customer officer of Vendasta. And Vendasta is a Canadian technology company. And they have a platform that sells, builds, and fulfills and delivers digital solutions to SMB clients. Vendesta has over 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George is on a mission to help companies around the world become digital sales experts. He is the chief, as the chief customer officer of Vendesta. He also hosts Conquer Local podcasts for marketing and sales professionals. And he's an expert in the area of the customer journey and sales. Now, if you'd like to reach out to George, you can find him on Facebook under Digital Leith and on LinkedIn under George Leith, on Twitter under Geo Leith. And you can also find him on the Vendasta platform under www.vendasta.com. He also is an author and has a blog there. And you can learn more about Vendasta on the Vendasta platform. And Vendasta is clearly on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and also on YouTube. So reach out to George or Vendasta. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers. And they also hold conferences, and the next conference is going to be held October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in for And Security for All, hosted by Kim Hakem. Each week, we look into a different aspect of cybersecurity, which is important to know for anyone who is involved with the Internet daily, which is probably all of us. We take the technical jargon and make it easier to understand while helping you to identify weaknesses and issues in your own cybersecurity and fix them now. And Security for All is broadcast live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And this broadcast is brought to you by Virtual Cinda. And today we are talking with George Leith, and he is the Chief Customer Officer of Vandasta. 
And Vendasa is a Canadian technology company that provides a platform where channel partners can and SMBs can sell, build, and fulfill, deliver digital solutions to their SMB clients. Vendasta has over 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George is on a mission to help companies around the world become digital sales experts as the chief customer officer of Vendessa and the host of local Conquer Local podcast for marketing and sales professionals. He's an expert in this area. And we're talking to him today about the, the changing environment of the, the customer journey today and what kind of people we need to make customers happy along those journeys. So, George, we, we talked about um, a lot about, you know, what's changed in sales, but you said one of the things that that you always look at that really makes sales work, whether it's in a virtual environment or, um, you know, in the office or virtual or in person is the individual. Okay? So you talked a little bit about adaptability and the characteristics. How do you go about selecting salespeople? How do you know if that person's going to be the right person? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's trial and error, Kimberly. Um, yeah. You know, if you've been doing it for a long time, I think you and I both have, have hired and uh, made bad hires and made great hires. And you, you go back and you try and figure out, okay, how do we come up with a repeatable process to find the best people? Um, and, you know, we, we've adopted a scorecard um program where we do a scoring mechanism and um, the first things we want to score against is you know the guiding uh, principles of the organization and our core values um, so you know when that first person in people operations does their first interview they're looking to see if it's a culture fit and they're you know they're they're running it against the scorecard but then when we get into what makes a great salesperson it really depends upon what's the role are we talking about um, finding people that are, you know, look, that are developing leads and top of funnel, like a sales development rep that is uh, mining through all of the various levels of intent and doing maybe some outreach over the phone. And then they qualify that lead and they move it into the right team that's going to be able to, to give them the best journey. And then you've got people that are great at onboarding, uh, where that customer is getting to their first use or the first value of the thing that they bought. Then you've got account managers. And uh, I, I haven't, I don't know if one size fits all. I think that there are different components uh, throughout those roles. And it used to be, no, you start as a sales development rep and then you grow through the organization. I also, I, I think that might've been a bit of a mistake uh, that I had at one point as well in this. Uh, you know, we've grown our sales organization dramatically, as you know, over the years from, I, I was the first sales hire here and now we're over 250 people that work with customers. I consider anybody that talks to a customer is in sales, whether it's customer success or not, or support. But then you also have the 84,000 salespeople that have a login to our platform that you know that we're big advocates for because anything we can do to help them make, be more successful. So, you know, that first piece is, I think you, you need to have someone that has a level of mental toughness. Um, sales is a mental game as much as it's anything else. So, you know, do they have the rigor? Will they make that one more call? Will they pick themselves up after they've been knocked down a few times throughout the day and, and get on, you know, with the next customer? You know, almost have to be a little bit sadistic uh, because you get told no so many times. Um, but, you know, a, a yes is just around the corner. Um, so, you know, that's one thing is that mental toughness. But then the ability to adapt um, and the ability to change. I, I just, if you don't have that in sales, it's not going to work out for you very much longer, and it's definitely not going to work out for you in any organization I'm involved in because I, I just find that things change so quickly that you need to be able to adapt. Um, so coachability is definitely something that, that you need to look for in, in a seller today. And then, you know, I got one more, uh, as you know, I always do, uh, and that is integrity. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. I like. I just don't think you can do sales anymore and not have a high level integrity. Now, integrity. I've done some research on this. Nowhere does it say you have to be right all the time, and and I think mm -hmm. this is really where the rubber meets the road, um, as we say. And that is, it's the ability to say when you have made a mistake, or the ability to say when the organization has let a customer down, um, and step forward and own that. 
That is having a very high level of integrity, saying we made an error. I made an error. I didn't handle it properly. And I think that having the ability to call that out actually sets you apart from everyone else that could be calling on that client because it, it is something that a lot of people just shy away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's a really important point, and I think I think as customers, I mean, we we if we put ourselves in the customer seat today, also, you know, we expect more. You know, um, there's so much competition out there, and and then the, the the you know the customer is expecting the integrity, or wouldn't you say? Well, or or they'll just go somewhere where they can find it, right? Um, yeah. You know, it it yeah. really is a it's a buyer's market. I don't care what it is, maybe baby mm-hmm. formula. Might be the only thing in North America where right now, as we record this, it's not a, you know, uh, which is a crazy problem to have. But what I'm saying is, is that it's always a buyer's market, even when Mm -hmm. it isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And if a seller treats it that way, understanding that the buyer does have a choice and the buyer can go somewhere else. And at any time, like how are one year contracts working out for people? The, the conversion rate on a one-year contract is much lower than a month-to-month, especially when the buyer has no trust in the thing that they're buying. So they want to do a trial, and it's easier to do a trial than it's ever been. And then there's groups coming in and say, no, I'm going to lock you in for one year. Oh, I'm just going to go over here to the this new company that's going to tr- let me try it. So I, I think we have to be not afraid to earn the renewal. And mm-hmm. the, iner- the renewal is earned the minute you start working with that customer. Like every second that goes by in their experience is when you're working on earning the renewal or earning mm-hmm. the ability to expand your relationship. We used to call that upselling, remember? It's mm-hmm. a bit yep. of a, I don't like that word because <laughs> an upsell only happens when you build trust, you deliver on your promises, you understand what the customer is trying to accomplish, and then you can fit the product or service that you have into that need. That's called expanding the relationship with the mm-hmm. client. Mm-hmm. Now th- you're right. That's <laughs> correct. Um, but you know, you're talking about this. You know, the integrity, the adaptability, coachability. Um, and earlier, you said something about you know AQ adaptability is is just as important as EQ. But EQ is important also. I mean, how you know how how do you know if if a salesperson and I know it's trial and error but to, they have to be able to recognize the client's pain points they have to be able to to understand what the client is is trying to say um when you're in the selection process it, how much of that are look, you looking for yeah, I'm looking for empathy mm-hmm. um you know I I've uh, I've dialed down in my my idea. If you go back and you listen to any of the podcasts or any of the content, I have this component on emotional intelligence that I really believe it is an important piece in sales. But the, the one that sticks out to me more than anything is empathy, where you're, you have the ability. And, you know, maybe back in the day, Kimberly, and, uh, you know, I'm way older than you are, but when the early days when we were selling, we called it being a chameleon. And, and yeah, you got to kind of mirror your customer. But I, I think that it is more empathy than being a chameleon because I, I can only be who I am, which is old sales guy. But I'll tell you what I can do is I can I, I have a high level of empathy now because I ask the right questions. And the right questions are to come up with what is that real problem? Where is the problem? And dig deep, do deep discovery. And in that, you now start to, sh- you know, unless you're a friggin' robot, you are, you're going to start to exhibit some level of empathy for why that customer has the problem. And one thing that I don't like, and I push back inside sales organizations, whether they be our channel partners or they be salespeople that I get the pr- privilege to work with every day in our building, is put yourself in the customer's shoes. They're like, what's wrong with that customer? They don't know. They don't yeah. know. It's your job to help them to understand what the problem is and that you have a solution. So there's no problem with the customer. They just don't know the problem that they have yet. You have to help mm-hmm. them. Sometimes you've got to nudge them into their buyer's journey by showing that they're even qualified for a solution. I, I call it pushing them into qualification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And and so, you know, when we're talking about that and we're talking about um, – uh, you know, helping them find in, uh, the question or understand what their issue is. How are you 
training people then because i mean you you look for you look for this you know you look for the talent you look for adaptability coachability integrity um cultural fit and then you bring them into the organization i remember years ago i mean i went through sales training of like three weeks in the old bell companies where you know they just they drilled us and drilled us and drilled us okay um what what has changed how how do you bring people into the roles of, of understanding what the customer needs today. If we were, if we were selling one thing, training could be pretty short, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we're going to figure out, you know, unless you're buying a Tesla or a Tesla vehicle or something like that, that's quite complex. But if we're selling one thing, then the training can be quite short. And then all we talk about is sales tactics afterwards, but we call that sales training. You know, there's the takeaway clothes and then there's the, you know, there's all these different tools and tricks and things like that. Um, Now, with everything changing so quickly, we need to have ongoing training and ongoing learning. And you've heard me talk about this before. I met this guy, Steve Noodleberg, one of my very first guests on my podcast, and he talks about 60-30-10, the perfect sales day. And then like, okay, well, what is that? What's the numbers? What's the data behind 60, 30, 10? He said 60% of your time talking to customers, 30% of your time getting better at talking to customers and solving their problems, learning, um, and then 10% of your time doing admin. And whenever I talk about the 60, 30, 10 and ask people where those numbers are, I usually get admin is 60 or 30% of the time. And the amount of time they're across talking to customers is even less. So, you know, I think that, that's one of the items that we need to be looking for when we're training these reps and make, it's ongoing. Like training is never done, especially mm-hmm. in a world that changes pretty much every second of every day. And that rate of change is accelerating. Um, and then the other thing is having empathy, not just for your customers, but having empathy for the sales team, really being that servant leader. You and I have both been on, and I actually have conducted these calls myself, going out with the sales rep. And then what we do is the sales leader is we give everything away like we do a whole bunch of stuff the salesperson can't do. We get back in the car. Oh, we talk all the time too on the call, like I'm doing on this broadcast and talk all the time. We don't ask any questions. And we get in the car and we go, that's how you sell. It's not how you sell. Sales is about learning. It's about understanding the customer. It's about meeting them, you know, showing them where what your product and service can do and as much showing what it can't do. Yeah. So it's... Uh, I think that that learning is more a ride along and it's working with them on a day to day basis and it's getting, you know, being right there on the battlefield. Like I like to say, I won't ask somebody to do something I'm not prepared to do myself. When's the last time a sales manager got on the phone and made 10 calls or even 15 calls instead of just telling people to do it? You know, mm-hmm. some of those types of tactics to show the reps that you're right there with them on the, on the field of battle. Um, those, those are well-run sales organizations, in my opinion. That's what I've saw. Those are the mm-hmm. ones with that servant leadership um, and that constant learning and having empathy for the customer. Those are the groups that are doing really well. Yeah. And, and uh, I had to laugh when you said that because I remember as a sales rep years ago being being we would dread when the manager would come with us. OK, you know, because they would take over the call. You couldn't do anything. You know, it was just really funny. But we're George, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you. I mean, this is this is great stuff. Um, and to hear what you're doing at Vendesta and to hear what you think about training as an expert. And I want to talk about management a little bit okay? um, and then channels because, you know, life is complicated today and there's so many products and and sometimes organizations have a difficult time in trying to figure out does one sales rep sell everything or do we go through channels and, and how do you manage? And that's what we'll talk about after the break. And for our listeners, we are talking today with George Leith, and he is the Chief Customer Officer of Vendasta. And Vendasta is a Canadian technology company, and they are providing technology for small and medium-sized businesses through channel partners. Vendasta has over 60,000 channel partners who, in turn, work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George, as the Chief Customer Officer of Vendesta and also the host of Conquer Local Podcast for Marketing Sales Professional, is an expert in the area of sales, marketing, and the customer journey. So if you'd like to reach out to George, please reach out to him on Facebook under Digital Leith. 
and on LinkedIn under George Leith, uh, on Twitter under Geo Leith, and go to Vendessa and look at Vendessa's platform, and they are under www.vendesta.com. And um, George also has a blog. He's an author on the Vendesta platform. And Vendesta is also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So check them out. This broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And Cinda also has an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital Partners for startups, product managers, and FMBs, SMBs. And this platform helps companies understand how to succeed. Cinda will hold its next conference in October, October 16th to 18th in Florence, Italy. And if you go to the register under www.cinda.org for the conference, you will also get to meet Vendessa and George at the conference. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to the Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is brought to you by Cinda. And you can learn more about Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing digital nonprofit associations under www.cinda.org. And today we are talking with George Leith, who's the chief customer officer of Vendasta. And Vendasta is a Canadian technology company who provides technology platforms that market, sell, and build and fulfill digital solutions to SMB clients. Vendessa serves over 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with 5 million SMBs. And George, as the chief customer officer of Vendessa and also the host of Conquer Local Podcast for marketing and sales professionals, is an expert in the area of the customer journey and sales. So welcome back, George. And um, we just before the break, we were talking of, about training, okay? And... Um, when I think of training, then I th- then I think about how complex things are today, okay? And I think about management and sales channels, okay? Um, because there's so many products and 
you know, we've seen so many models on channels and, and how to sell products. What's your experience in the area of, you know, actually setting up a sales organization and sales channels? Yeah, I, I was new to channel sales when I arrived at a software company. And, you know, my background was in the media business and I own my own businesses over a, a big chunk of, of, you know, the last 30 some odd years. Well, 30, let's just call a spade a spade, more than 35 years. <laughs> okay. um, but when I was introduced to channel, it was like, well, why don't we just hire our own people? Because then you know what they're doing. <laughs> and then that goes back to, you know, old sales guy, micromanage. Um, you know, the only way we knew it was going on is if we went on a ride along and, and, you know, technology exists where you can be a lot more efficient than that. Um, and we've watched, um, especially in the, the media business, which is, you know, my background, I've watched those organizations grapple with, there's a better way than putting a sales rep in a car to go to market. And, and it was always a go out and sell, not, um, you know, an efficient sales motion. So, you know, channel was something that was new. Do we build a team of resellers? And that reseller network is now over 84,000 salespeople that have a login to the platform. Um, now, here's what, what, what I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go sell anything today. Um, so you do, you do a lot to empower the channel. And a lot of organizations have, have, have this as well. And some organizations have a dual motion where they have their own sales reps that sell direct and they use reseller networks. Let's use a technology company you may have heard of. It's done quite well called Apple. <laughs> so you can go to the Apple website and buy Apple products. You can go to Apple stores, and they're quite beautiful, by the way, I've come to notice, and buy Apple products. But you also can go to other companies that sell Apple products. So they use both a direct and a reseller network. Um, so when I'm working with groups, I'm like, how do you guys go to market? Well, we have, we've got a sales team. Okay, great. Is that the only way that you're going to market? Well, what do you mean by that? And, and they haven't really even considered a reseller channel. Now, there's things you got to be careful of. There will be conflict. I'm telling you right now, if you sell direct and you have a reseller network, you're going to run into conflict. Um, and then you also have to understand that you have to empower not only the team that you have internally, but then you're going to have to empower the channel. And it's harder because you're one layer removed on that. So the training is a really important piece. I also would say to you, Kimberly, after the last 10 years that I've been commercializing the business that we're in, you, the, the same interrogation of whether you've got a qualified prospect should go into whether you're going to add a qualified reseller. Uh, because you don't, I don't know if you want to add everybody. Because you are one layer removed and you don't know what they're going to do. And if you expose your brand and the channel sells with your brand, it might hurt your brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are some of the things. I'm not saying that that's happened with us. I'm just saying it's a consideration that I didn't have because I didn't have the experience back in the day. But, you know, you've got ideal customer profile um, in, in that channel partner model. Your customers actually are your channel reseller group. And some of them might not be ideal. The same way if you're hiring a sales rep, I, we talked earlier before the break about using a scorecard. So I think you want that same type of component. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how do you, you, you talked about conflict. I mean, when you're, when you're doing these parallel, parallel channels, um, how do you manage that? You know, do you have any tips on, on managing that and managing conflict? I mean, Apple's pretty pretty big to me and pretty clear you know either I go directly or I go I usually I just use price okay and it's always the same price so I use service okay you know how do you um you know how do you manage these channels yeah you, you have to have a dedicated channel approach where you think about the pricing model right out of the gate because mm -hmm. the the reseller needs to get make a commission or yep. the reseller needs to get it at a lower rate so that they can mark it up and, yeah. you know, you're right. Apple has that dialed in. Uh, Microsoft has that dialed. Like large organizations, primarily in the technology hardware space, do that really well. But I, I think that everybody needs to be considering this model because we need to look for efficiencies and we need to look for scalability. Um, and you can only hire, train, fire, performance manage so many people. Like it, it's you can build and you can build an engine and you can have structure. But, um, you, you know, it's, it's only going to go so far. So looking at that channel model, there might be an, a better way to go to market. But training is always going to be there. Accountability is always going to be there. And then you've got this pricing component that you need to deal with so you can minimize the, the channel conflict that you might have.
Mm-hmm. And and management, okay. Um, big question here, George, because you know in the old days it was, you know, you'd have a scorecard or you'd have you, you just it was old fashioned numbers management. Is is it the same now? Has it changed? Is there a new component in there? No, it, man- it's still. I, I think that if you're if you're leading a sales organization, you need to be as much of a chemist as you are, you know, a, a performer. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think presentation is a really important component. I think that, um, you know, I don't like the term soft skills, as you know, in sales, because I think there mm-hmm. are nothing. There's nothing in there that's soft. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's, it's all hard, whether it's product knowledge or it's understanding people or it's asking the right discovery questions or or it's doing the proper admin so that the sales you know, leadership can go to finance and get them to fund growth. In, in the organization, right? Like everybody's got somebody they've got to report to um, when it comes to, th- they're gonna need some data. And with the right data and the right information, I think you can be more efficient with that. So I think there's two pieces. If I if I could do it over again um, and you know start from scratch, which you know we kind of built this thing as we went uh, from one salesperson, that was me and now over 250. I've, I've said before, if I could do it over again, I would hire what I call revenue operations or the industry calls re- right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that have the pipes and roads to measure everything. Yeah. And then they also usually own sales enablement, which is all the material that you need to be successful. And then the second thing would be on the on the human resources or people operations side would be recruitment and training. And, and I think that those are two components that a lot of times are, are put over here on a shelf and you don't have people that are actually in the space doing that work. So human resources comes and says, we got 20 great salespeople that we've hired for you, but yet they, they don't sell or they don't know what sales is all about. They don't, mm. you know, so even if you gave them a scorecard. So I think you want the, the training and the recruitment components to be very aligned to what you're trying to build in the, in the sales organization. So I think those two pieces you'd want to keep close and then you're never done learning. And you're, you're never done, you know, the accountability piece isn't always stick, it can be carrot as well, where it's like, yeah, they're not hitting their numbers. Well, maybe they don't have all the tools they need to hit their numbers. And I mean by tools, the training, the role playing, the, you know, the live fire where you just walk by the floor and say, top three objections for this. Yep. And just get yep. them to dial them in right on the But that takes work and it takes rigor. And, you you know, you can't manage a sales team from an office. You need to be on the floor working working with the team. That's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's one word that you just said that I jumped on that I really liked was sales enablement. Okay. Because I remember the old days of sales and marketing. Okay. And, and never talking to each other. Okay. And I think sales enablement says it a little bit better, you know, get them the tools, have have the people who are creating the tools, talk to the salespeople, listen to the customers. Um, I do see that, you know, years ago, there was a huge gap. It does seem to be getting better, George. Is that what you, are you seeing that? No, I think that the, the smart sales organizations recognize that this is a need. Mm-hmm. And then after they run the play a couple of times and crash and burn, and here's what I mean by <laughs> that, because I've made the mistakes, Sales enablement needs to be outfitted with salespeople. <laughs> so yes. that's a tough one, right? If yeah. you yep. put people in sales enablement that have never sold, they're going to build some beautiful thing and they <laughs> haven't really went through the punches in the face that you take as a salesperson. So yeah. then you won't get the buy-in. The other thing is you try to ram something down the throat of a sales team. I like to sell them too in advance and go to them and make them a part of the plan. You got a much better chance of getting that thing to take hold if they're if they're a part of building it. I, You know, I've made this error. You walk in, it's a great idea. I came up with yeah. it, okay? So it's a great idea. Plus I'm an above <laughs> average salesperson, so I'll sell you on why it's a great idea. But then they're not involved. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah. old man Leith is in over in the room there dreaming shit up again rather than sitting with us on the calls talking to the actual customers. So you yeah. know that I, I've tried not to do that. I've always yeah. tried to be right there on the front lines. And when you look at successful organizations, usually the leader can be at 50,000 feet and to the street in a New York minute. Because yeah. if you connect those two worlds you're going to have a much better chance of, of winning and building a repeatable model. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, great last words. We're getting towards the end, uh, George. So just um, if you had to summarize something, I mean, everything has changed. It's evolving constantly. Um, a word of advice to our listeners, our leaders out there, um, you know, 
for the next year, okay? I mean, actually, we should be talking about the next moment because things change so quickly. What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, take a good hard look at your tech stack for your sales organization. And um, if the answer is, well, we've got email um, or we've got a phone on the desk or we've got a printer over there that we print out material for, uh, that's not going to cut it. We need to start thinking more than that. So where are you keeping your account data? Oh, oh, you know, oh I have a CRM. Oh, okay, good. What is it? Well, I use spreadsheet. Um, or I got a CRM. It's this book that I write stuff down on. Okay, that, that's the kind of 80s sales stuff that isn't gonna work in, in the new world. You, you are living on borrowed time. We need to build out a sales tech stack. Um, you know, 18,000 conversations on our sales floor in the next seven days. And I can run keyword analysis against any one of those conversations and come back to you and say that our new proposal builder product, which we launched 62 days ago, was mentioned on 4,000 of those communications. Like that's the level of scrutiny that you need to be able to have in your organization. And then when you can go to those conversations where they mention Proposal Builder and you listen to four of those calls on different teams that are working with the client, how did they articulate the value proposition? Were they mm -hmm. on script, the messaging that you gave them from your marketing team and your sales enablement team? And, and those of you that are sitting there listening going, whoa, that would be really cool to have that information. You need to move quickly because you're already behind. There are organizations that have way more technology than that that will eat your lunch. So, you know, we got to take a good hard look at the tech stack and then recognize that that thing needs to change. That technology stack needs to evolve because there's greater uh, tools to do the work that we've been doing for a while, evolving all the time, which is exciting. So don't get too connected. Don't fall in love too much to your piece of tech because there might be a better way to do it. So, mm -hmm. th you know, those are two items. And then that culture of constant learning. Sales is hard. Okay. There is no easy way to do it because robots have not taken our job yet. <laughs> so recognize that and, and, you know, work with your teams and empower them on being more, uh, on being more successful. Great. Thank you. Thank you, George. Super closing words. And for our listeners, we've been talking to George Leith, Chief Customer Officer at Vendesta. Vendesta is a Canadian technology company that provides platforms, technology to SMBs that self-fulfill and deliver digital solutions to SMB clients. And they do that through their channel partners. They serve 60,000 channel partners who in turn work with more than 5 million SMBs worldwide. And George, as the Chief Customer Officer of Vendesta and host of the Concord Local podcast is an expert in marketing sales and the customer journey so george once again it's always a pleasure to have you on the show thank you so much if our listeners want to reach out to george you can reach out to george and george is on facebook under digital leith on linkedin under george leith on twitter under geo leith and go check out Vendasta. Vendasta's website is www.vendasta.com. George also has an author and he's a blog on the Vendasta uh, website. And you can find out more about Vendasta on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So reach out to George. And this podcast has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, does market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. Please go to www.cinda.org for more information. They also have, Cinda also has an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital. And this platform is for startups, product managers, and SMBs that help companies become more successful. They also hold conferences, and the next conference is going to be held in Florence, Italy, October 16th to 18th. And you can also meet Vendesta and talk with the Vendesta team at the next conference in Italy and probably see a presentation from George himself in Florence. So, George, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Kimberly. It's always a pleasure being on the show. I'd, I'd like to just drop this. I, I don't know the answer. Is there anyone that's been on your show more than George Leith? I just don't know if that's... I, I don't know. I think you're you're probably in the top running. <laughs> so, okay, well, I, 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 am, I am absolutely honored to be here once. It's amazing. Twice was too much. And now three times. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a real privilege. Well, thank you again. And listeners, thank you for listening in. And please tune in again next week at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And have a great week in between. 
Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.